watch other people jump online as we get into our word together today. We are starting a new series called Welcome Home. Look at the person next to you and whisper these words. Welcome home. There you go. Welcome home. There's such an excitement in the room today. And that's because we are back home where we should be. God is in the midst of us, and together as family, um, we, we have a home here. It's a really amazing thing. God has put his home in the local church. That is God's home. And I want to ask you this question. Can you finish this phrase? There's two phrases. I want you to yell it out. I want you to shout it out, okay? There's no place like home. All right, here's another one. Home is where the heart is. Yeah, you guys did great. Um, yeah, home is where the heart is. And for many of us over these last few months, uh, it may have felt, I know it felt like it, this to me, it may have felt like your heart was ripped out, not being able to be together with God's people. Yeah. And um, so as we come back together, boy, we got a lot to celebrate today. You know, one of the other things, Jeremiah, that I think about so much is um, brides in the house. You know, one of the things that we kind of say is, um, my home is wherever you are. That was sweet, baby. Wow, you just really sold that right now. I know. Well, I believe yeah, it. Check it out. But, but, but here's the thing. My home is wherever God is, too. And thank you for pursuing a spiritual season, even in the midst of not being in the house together. I've seen so much growth. Jeremiah and I are so proud of the congregation that we serve. You're not just a congregation. You're our family. Times like what we went through just recently, they show the growth that takes place in our lives. Amen? We don't grow in the easy times, guys. We don't grow when everything's going well. We grow when things are hard, when adversity comes. And you guys have shown that. And it is so good to be back home with you. Now, I know we just said home is where the heart is. But today's big idea, as we open up our uh, word together, is home is where his light is. Can you say that with me? Home is where his light is. Now, I wonder if you've ever had this experience. You're coming home late at night, you've had a long day, and you come in and you go into your house, but you can't find the light switch. All right? Have you ever come into a place maybe that you've never been before and you can't find the light switch? There's this thing that it's a level of anxiety that you cannot describe, uh, especially if you got your hands full and you're See, like... I think it increases the older you get. The older you get, I guarantee you. Or if you happen to be in your child's room where there are Lego blocks lurking well, everywhere. Well, that's, that's just anxiety as a whole. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, is that when we come into a home, the first thing we do when there is no light is flip it on. Right? And we kind of take it for granted, but truly, if you're in the darkness, you really want light. Light. And so when it when we're talking about coming home, one of the things we felt like the Holy Spirit did was he drew us to a passage of scripture that many of us might know very well, but we're going to take a look at it in a different way today. If you have your Bibles, turn with us to John chapter 1. Yeah, and while you're turning there, if you 
Ephesians, John 1, 1. John oh, 1, we're going to talk about that in a second. Ephesians 3, 17 says, Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down deep into God's love and keep you strong. So here we establish that Christ actually makes his home in our hearts. That's right. But when we're reading John 1, 1, you know, that this whole scripture really opened up to us in a new way. And Absolutely. don't think that we didn't think it was interesting that we were talking about light and half of our sanctuary doesn't have lights. Like there was, we pushed so hard for the uh, electrician the to come there. in Thank to you. get lights up and to get that part done. And then we were like, you know what, God, you want to show us what darkness looks like. Can you imagine if this whole room was just dark, right? I've so been in it. Big place. It's creepy, y'all. Big place. And I'm the pastor. <laughs> so let's read Jeremiah, John 1, 1, and then we'll pray and we'll yeah, get yeah, into yeah. what his word is so for excited. today. In the beginning... The Word already existed. The Word was with God. The Word was God. Does anybody know who the Word is? Jesus. That's right. John used, chooses to call Jesus the Word here because this is the eternal Jesus, the one that existed from the beginning. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the what? And the darkness can never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. Who is the light? Jesus, yeah. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Would you bow your head with me? Father, we thank you for this word. God, we thank you for the Apostle John's uh, account of the beginning, your light coming into the world. We thank you, God, that we can bring from this. God, we can pull from this. Your Holy Spirit can draw from this the things we need to learn and grow from today. And in a world of darkness, a world that is uh, filled with dark places, God, may we truly take the light wherever we go. Let the light come on in our lives because home is where the light is. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So John here, he begins by sharing with us the Jesus prior to the Jesus in the manger. Yeah, this is interesting because there are how many Gospels, guys? There are four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. John, the fourth Gospel, John. Uh, he doesn't choose to tell the story of Jesus uh, beginning in the manger uh, like the other two. In fact, uh, or other uh, two of them begin in the manger, but another one, Mark, begins uh, with the, the ministry of Jesus and the power of Jesus. John is different because he actually takes, uh, he actually goes back to the beginning of everything and shows that Jesus existed before he was a man who walked on the earth. He was the Word, eternally existent with God together. Yeah, and I love that it says that who is eternal and creative. You know, God 
we are made in his image. And so here we have the word Jesus being creative. I love that about my king. He's a creative king. And for some of us that struggle in the areas of not knowing what to do or what our passions are, you know, Jesus, who is the creative God, can easily look to us and say, Jeremiah, I have so much that I've created inside of you. Let me show you what you're going to do. And there's this element where we can look to him to shed light in the areas of our life that maybe we are struggling or we are in the darkness. But let's look at the beginning. So yeah. we have Genesis 1-1. Genesis, John, John 1 is very much like Genesis 1-1, which is the beginning of the entire book in the Old Testament. If you can, turn over there with us right uh, real quick. If you have version, just put in Genesis 1-1. If you have a Bible, just flip to the beginning. And this is how the uh, beginning actually uh, uh, reads uh, here in Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Okay, so it says darkness covered the deep waters. Now, I want you to get this picture. This is why we went back to Genesis 1.1. Just like Jesus coming into the world brought light into the world, this beginning, there is a moment where God moves into uh, creation to create a home for us. But it starts in darkness. Watch what he does. The very first thing that God does when he comes into his house, then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And there was light. There was darkness everywhere at the beginning. It was all dark. And the very first thing God did when he created all things was turn the light on. You know, Jeremiah, one thing I love about this verse too is that it says, and the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. I love that. The spirit of God was hovering in the darkness. Whatever the situation is, wherever you think God is too far away, or this is too, it's too much of a dark situation. Can I just tell you that the Holy Spirit is already hovering over that circumstance and situation? Maybe it is something that you've received word from the doctor and you just feel darkness about a a disease that is affecting your body. The Spirit is already hovering over you, and God is going to shed His light, the Word, the healer, Jesus, his blood over you. And that's what we believe here. Jesus so, totally changes absolutely. everything. Absolutely. And we, so we see, this, we see this same pattern here. God comes into creation, and the first thing he does before he begins to work is flip the light on, right? To, to begin to create the world and the seas and the fish and even us. The first thing he did was flip the light on, right? Well, the same is true back in John 1. When Jesus came to the earth, it says that Jesus is the light. light. Why do we need light? We need light because there's darkness all around us. We've never been more clear seeing the darkness around us than we are today. Amen? The darkness has never been more obvious. And when Jesus comes in to a situation, he brings his light. He is the light. That light is in us. 
And when that light, when we allow him to move in, Jesus brings his light into our hearts and does the same thing he did at creation. He begins to bring us into the light with him. Yeah, so we have Jesus in the beginning of creation. He was he was who came to turn on the light for us, but then he actually came to earth as a baby and brought that light with him. And that's the salvation experience. You no longer have to be in darkness anymore when you recognize that Jesus is the savior of the world. And then that light becomes a part of you. That light that you can then take to all of the dark areas around you. There is a a moment here and I want to I want to close with this. There is a moment for us to apply this in our lives. And you might be going, "Well, okay, you're talking about light." Um, I don't understand. How does, this, how does this affect my life? There are times in our lives where we don't know what to do. There are moments in our lives where we are enveloped in a kind of darkness, and we don't know which way to go. If you close your eyes right now, I want you to imagine, with your eyes closed right where you are, I want you to imagine that there is no light. How do you know where to go? How can you be certain of anything? With your eyes closed in this moment, I want you to realize that this is what we've been walking through for the last six months. You have had an object lesson in darkness. There have been moments in your life and in my life where you didn't know what to do. You felt like you couldn't make a solid decision. You felt like you couldn't move forward and you couldn't move backward. You felt as if you were in your kid's room and there are Lego blocks lurking everywhere in the darkness. Believe me, when that's the case, you want to turn the light on. That light comes when we invite Jesus into our heart. And he makes his home in our hearts. Like Paul said in Ephesians chapter 3. Jesus makes his home in our heart. And when Jesus comes to move in, the first thing he does, baby, is flip the light on. Now, that doesn't mean that there aren't moments of uncertainty or darkness. It doesn't mean that we don't sometimes step out on a Lego. But there, are, there is a light that shines in the darkness of our lives and our world. And I know that we normally bring a very encouraging message. And on some level, this might be an encouragement. But can I just share with you that the darkness doesn't go away? The darkness that we're facing, it's probably going to get harder, y'all. Can I be honest with you? There are things that we face as a nation that aren't going to go away if we ignore them. There are issues that are deep-seated in our lives and even within the church that we must have his light for. 
Jesus needs to make his home in your heart and in mine. Because that brings the light into any given situation. And wherever we go, we can shine his light. In Ephesians 5, verses 8 to 14, it says, For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, Awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. That is our prayer this morning. Awake, O sleeper, and Christ will give you his light. Guys, there is a world that needs the light. And you bring Jesus into every situation. I want to ask a question. Over the last six months, in the midst of all the chaos and the calamity, have you shown his light? Or are you wandering in darkness? Do people look to you because they find the light shining out from you? Or do you feel confused and uncertain? Right now is a moment for you. If you feel the darkness, if you've felt uncertain, if you have not known which way to go in the last six months right now, I want to give you an opportunity to invite Jesus to make his home in your heart. Whether you're here in person or online today, would you bow your head and close your eyes? I want to give every person a moment of uh, introspection. If you'd say to me today, Pastor Jeremiah, I admit, I don't feel like the light is living in me. And I need Jesus to bring his light into my life, to lead and direct and guide me. I want his presence because his presence brings light. If that's you, would you slip your hands up right where you are? I want to pray with you today. There's hands going up everywhere. Come on, just go ahead and lift your hand up and let me pray with you today. Doesn't mean that we're not going to have uncertainty. It doesn't mean that sometimes we're going to need to go back and ask him to fill us. But there is a light that shines in the darkness. And with your hands raised, Father, I pray for each and every person that has their hand raised. Those hands are connected to hearts, and those hearts want you to live and bring your light into their heart. So, Father, as we raise our hands today, we say, Jesus, come and fill us. 
would you pray with me all across the room today? Every person in here, if you would, just repeat this prayer with me along with those who have their hands raised. Would you just repeat this prayer? Jesus, come on, say, Jesus, come and live in my heart. Take away the sin and drive away the darkness. I invite you to come and live in my heart and bring your light with you. If you prayed that prayer today, you began a journey. It's not the only decision, but it's the first decision to begin to follow Jesus. And I want to say that God is with you wherever you may be. His light is there in a moment, and all you need to do when you don't know what to do is ask Jesus to turn the light on, his light. Because home is where his light is. Jesus, for those of us that walk with you, would you let us shine your light in a greater capacity in these coming weeks and months? Allow us, God, to shine brightly for you so that people can see you in us. And we thank you for it. In the precious name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. And amen.